You're listening to a University of Kentucky College of Arts and Sciences podcast. Alan Butterfield is a professor of biological chemistry who has been involved in over 540 research publications in his time at UK. His research group is breaking ground in the study of combating oxidative stress on the brain, part of the main pathogenesis of Alzheimer's disease. In this podcast, Professor Butterfield talks about research that involves using the brain's own antioxidants to fight the disease. So I am Alan Butterfield. I'm the UK Alumni Association Endowed Professor of Biological Chemistry. I'm the director of the Center of Membrane Sciences here. I'm the director of the Free Radical Biology and Cancer Shared Resource Facility at the Markey Cancer Center. And I'm a faculty associate in the Spinal Cord and Brain Injury Research Center. And I'm a faculty member of the Sanders Brown Center on Aging. So I have a lot of hats. And uh, I've been at UK for 37 years. So your lab here at UK, what's is there like a current focus of your research? Yes, there are th- sort of three foci. The most prominent one is related to oxidative damage in Alzheimer's disease. A second thrust has to do with a very interesting phenomenon. It's called chemotherapy-induced cognitive dysfunction. So up to 70% of people being treated with chemotherapeutic agents for solid tumors. These are like breast cancer, colorectal cancer, lymphomas, things like that. People treated with chemotherapeutic agents, which themselves do not cross the blood-brain barrier, yet induce a cognitive dysfunction associated with loss of what's called higher executive function. So multitasking, planning ahead, being able to count backwards by 7 from 100, you know, rapidly or something like that. People who experience this, who may have been high-functioning people to start with, are so frustrated because they're unable to do it. Well, our lab has figured out how this happens. And more importantly, using an antioxidant, we have found a way to prevent it, which is really cool. And then the other thrust having to do with nanoparticles made of CEO2, cerium oxide, these nanoparticles are proposed by some people to be a drug delivery system for Alzheimer's disease, actually. Our area of interest is, are these Syria nanoparticles, or in another case, silver nanoparticles, toxic to the brain? And so the EPA was really fascinated by that, and so they funded us to ask, and so we're finding, surprisingly again, they don't get into the brain, even though they're very, very small, and you'd think they might penetrate the blood-brain barrier. But they do induce a time-dependent change in the brain. So you first give these nanoparticles to the rat, in our case, you see a protective effect on the brain. But you wait a month, these nanoparticles are still around. They accumulate in liver and spleen, but the brain, through other processes, now shows detrimental effects. And so that's our third thrust. So we have these three things going on. But they're all tied together by the theme of oxidative damage to brain. So maybe the biggest projects I guess we could say that most people are working on are Alzheimer's related. So maybe that's what we could focus on. So how does Alzheimer's cause oxidative damage to the brain? So I was deep in thought in 1993, walking from the Sanders Brown Center on Aging back to the chemistry building with this question. 
how is it that in Alzheimer's disease there is there are so many reports of different damaged enzymes, damaged lipids, damaged transport systems? I mean, why isn't there just one thing? It's a disease, right? Why isn't there just one thing? Why are there so many different things? And it occurred to me, just about as the time I almost got run over by a car when I was so deep in thought about this, what if there's a free radical present? And whatever the free radical runs into, it's going to change the structure of. And every chemist knows that function follows structure and not the other way around. I immediately turned around, went back to the center in aging, and got the peptide that accumulates in the brains of Alzheimer's people, called amyloid beta peptide and put that in a machine that can detect free radicals and instantly found it. So I knew at least one source of free radicals in Alzheimer's disease was the very peptide that many people associated with the pathogenesis of the disease. So we found all of these things. We figured out the mechanism by which this happens from the peptide. There's a single amino acid that's critical to this whole process. It's called methionine that's in the peptide. And we are able to show that in both in vivo, in, in living animals, and in, in vitro systems in cell cultures. In both cases, this peptide is highly toxic by inducing free radical oxidative stress, and that methionine residue is critical to that process, and that all of it can be blocked by appropriate antioxidants. Your brain is relatively weak in antioxidants, surprisingly, and yet it's rich in oxygen. One-third of the inspired oxygen you breathe in goes to your brain immediately. So think about how little the brain weighs compared to an average person's weight, and yet it takes a third of the oxygen that comes into it. So it's a high metabolic organ, and the brain is rich in polyunsaturated fatty acids. Now these have allylic hydrogens, and so therefore are very susceptible to free radical attack. And so the brain is very vulnerable to oxidative damage. And unfortunately, brains don't have a lot of antioxidant capacity. But they do have one, and that's called glutathione. And we found a way to elevate glutathione. And we found uh, in many, many in vitro systems, and in some ex vivo systems, that this was uh, protective. So based on that, we recently published a paper where we added to the drinking water a precursor to glutathione that the animal drank in the drinking water. And this animal was an animal model of Alzheimer's. And so if you didn't do that, you look at the brain of this animal, it was oxidized out the wazoo and uh, really damaged. But the animals that drank the precursor to glutathione in the drinking water had no oxidative stress in their brain. They completely cured this mouse in terms of oxidative stress, at least one aspect of Alzheimer's. So based on that, I have convinced some of our neurologists here at UK to help formulate the idea of a clinical trial. This is an FDA-approved drug that we use, and it's a very simple molecule. All of the work that we've done that has led to more than 500 papers published, it's important for me to say that from our entire time I've been here, I have been surrounded by wonderful faculty all through the UK, frankly. Uh, it's a very collaborative environment. And I've been very, very fortunate to always have very bright, hardworking graduate students and postdocs. Once they join my group, they know what they're working on, what the importance of it is, 
how their work can impact humankind, and they are really motivated. And that's all there is to it. And they just work really hard, and we keep gaining new knowledge every day. Thanks for listening. And thanks to the College of Arts and Sciences and the Department of Chemistry for making this podcast possible.